I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nyson, the UAE Team Emirates 2021 preview, probably one of the most highly anticipated ones. But we said before we started recording, maybe it is the most straightforward uh, compared to, say, the other big teams like Jumbo, Visma, De Koenig and Ineos. Benji, UAE Team Emirates last year, 33 wins. I think 11 or 12 of those at, at World Tour level, including the big one, Tour de France GC. Um, it's an overperformance, obviously, right? Yeah, certainly an overperformance. But if you look at it more closely, we see that at the start of the season, pre-COVID, we had those Southern American races like Tour of Colombia and San Juan that gave them quite a few quite a few wins because, well, they sent sprinters to those races. In San Juan, they had Gaviria, who was getting three stage wins through amazing leadouts by the likes of Richese and Molano once again. And then eventually in Colombia, there was Molano himself that became a really strong sprinter and won three stages as well. In Valenciana, we had Tadej Pogacar sweeping up GC and also two stage wins. So he showed directly at the start of the season that he was up there. And then after COVID, they ended up having, well, national championships and such. But also it started with Kriti Dauphiné and Burgos. And in Burgos, Gavidia won a sprint stage. We had Dauphiné where Formula won that huge stage where he attacked pretty early on and so forth. And honestly, it really kicked off the moment the Tour de France started. They started off with Christophe getting that first victory in a uh, pretty crazy stage. We all remember that one with the soap on the road. Then in the Tour de France, he just kept and kept on going. Pogacar showed that he was up there with the best, and he confirmed that with two major stage wins and his second place in GC. And then obviously, it all turned around as well on the second last stage, where he also took the Tour de France yellow jersey and brought that home, which was... Not really what the majority of people were expecting before the Tour de France started. And eventually they did even more because Ulisi was getting those two stage wins in the Giro, another stage win by Philipson in the Felta. So pretty consistent through all, all three Grand Tours. Do I expect that some riders on the team have underperformed? Yes, I do. Gaviria, he was not up there. And he did get COVID at the start of the season. He got it twice, if I recall correctly. He um, should have done more. In the Giro, he disappointed in sprints and eventually didn't really get too many great results there and obviously Demar swept away all the victories there we expected Gaviria to at least be consistent or competitive in a few of those and wasn't really the case to be honest so yeah Sigan versus Demar in those sprints so do we expect more from Gaviria in the future I certainly hope so I look back at that Giro he rode at Quickstep a few years ago where he swept away four victories or something and in one of those sprints, he he launched like 20th position and he passed literally everybody in the final sprint. So crazy stuff. And I hope we can see that Gavidia back in the future. But what's your take on, on the season? Do you think that, were you expecting them to compete in a Grand Tour for GC with Pogacar? 
Yeah, yeah, obviously. I thought they would that they'd be competing. I mean, me and you were laughing, Benji, when they were saying Fabio Aru was going to be their their G C leader or option at the Tour de France. <laughs> we were like, What? Yes. And that's and Benji and I on the record said we didn't agree with the way they uh they spoke about Aru, but they were the ones that were putting uh sorry when he pulled out, but they were the ones bigging him up and hyping him up before the, the race, the Tour de France. And we were like, but you have Pogaccia, like the second coming of yeah. uh, Slovenian Jesus. Jesus. So, yeah, why? But did I think he was going to win the Tour? No, you did. I didn't think. I thought he was going to win Vuelta, actually, uh, or Giro, yeah. because I really like Pogaccia's time trial um, on the flat the whole, the whole time. I thought, I thought he had a, he's been a really good, a good time trialist, especially after the Slovenian national chance performance, which I looked at really closely. Um, and I thought the Giro would suit him too, but he, I was more worried actually, I think his, I think Pogaccia's main issue is the heat and we'll maybe get to that in, in a while, but I thought the, the tour in middle of August or September, whenever it was, I thought, oh, might be too hot. Giro might suit him more, but, it, I don't remember too many days being too hot. But, yep, great season from them. They got a stage win in each of the Grand Tours, at least one in each of the Grand Tours in the Tour de France GC. I wonder, Benji, what I, what I really wonder about their season is, did they win the Tour in the worst way possible? Because Roglic, did Roglic get more exposure than Pagacha because he wore the yellow jersey for so long? And was in the news for so much longer or do you th- whereas Bagatcha wore it for one day he then couldn't do any of the criteriums afterwards so that would have cost Bagat like the worst year ever to win the tour right it would have cost him a lot of money not being able to do those criterium in- invitationals afterwards but yeah I'd always we never know like but you know, a lot of it's probably indirect economics but I'll be interested to, interested to know the return Yumbo Visma got just by having Rolich in, in yellow for so long and Quick step with Almeida and Pink and the Giro as well. But on to their transfers, Benji. Uh, not too many, I don't think. One one kind of surprises me, actually. We've already spoken about Aru ad nauseum. Obviously, it made sense he was leaving. Edward Dravesi went has gone to Contador and, uh, yeah, Contador's development team. Well, yeah, pro Conti team now, but Eolo Cometa. Tom Bowley went to Cofidis, Sergio and Al to Quebec with Aru. So that both of them haven't been performing, so that makes sense. But this one, Benji, Jasper Philipson. Jasper Philipson to Alperson Phoenix. Now, you're in Belgium, so maybe you've got a better handle on this than I do, but can, can Alperson Phoenix pay Philipson more? And both of us are very high on him. I think he's super, super talented. And not just talent, he's delivering. He won a Grand Tour stage for them. Um, is this a case of UAE not rating him? Is he going for opportunities? Is it money? Like, do you not? Do you have any insight into this? Well, I don't think it's going to be money. I think that UAE is clearly a team with more financial capabilities. The shake puts his hand in the air, he gets two million euros for a rider. So, uh, I think that Alpsen Phoenix surely doesn't have more money than UAE to give to Philipson. I do believe that it's going to be a bit opportunistic because you've obviously got already the trouble that. Gavidia's in that team. You have Christophe in that team. Christophe will want to ride the Tour de France. Gavidia will likely end up in the Giro because of that. 
because he wasn't proving it last season unless he changes that this season it might still change and then you've obviously only got the Vuelta to go to but now they've also got Trenton um, we'll speak about that in a second spoiler um, and I think that they're likely to send Trenton to the likes of a, of a Vuelta um, the thing is like Philipson is destined to be riding for Kristoff or Gaviria in this team which is kind of mad because I do believe that Philipson is, is more trustworthy. I think he's more trustworthy and better. Than no, I know, I know, I, know, I agree. Really better. I'm not sure he was that far behind in the pecking order. Like, I think Christoph is a guy happy to lead someone out if he's if the team says so, and he and the other guy's quicker. Like, I feel like Philipson was going to get plenty of opportunities at UAE Team Emirates, and he's saying he wants to go to a classic squad to focus on classics. Well. Alperson had this guy called Matthew van der Poel, pretty good in the classics. Um, <laughs> generally, they'll be riding for him as their leader. And they also have a sprinter who wants opportunities, Tim Mollier. So I don't see his path to opportunity any clearer at Alperson Phoenix. In fact, I, I don't understand it at all because Gaviria could be out the door or he could be on the decline and we're not going to see him banging out three, four Grand Tour stage wins in a year. I hope he comes back, but and he might not. As well as Christoph, he's more an opportunistic guy at this stage. But And I think the UAE Classic squad could have been okay and they could have centred it. Like it do, are you saying, Benji, that at Hen Vavelhem, and Shell de Preish, it's just 100% that UAE would have ridden for Christoph in 2021. Can we I would have said yes. I would say okay. no in Shell de Preish because I'm not sure there. That will be a yeah. mass print without too many cobble sections unless yeah, something major happens on the cobble sections, but usually doesn't in Shell de Preish. Um, I do kind of agree with you. I didn't really anticipate it from the... Um, few that he was joining Alperson and that there he might not have as much opportunity as at UAE. I, yeah, it's a weird transfer and somehow I do like it because while Philipson might not get as much opportunity in the cobbles with Vanderpool, I still think that he's a better option than Vanderpool at Gendwevelham if they get over the Gendwevelham sections. And if the group comes together, I trust Philipson's sprint more. But the problem is, I don't value Philipson's cobble qualities as high as I think he hopes it. Me either. Because if I recall I correctly, he dropped... I think he's a different rider to the rider he wants himself to be. He yeah. is, he's got a bit of punch uphill. Like his trump card, in my view, is that he can get over some of these climbs okay in these hard uphill finishes we saw that in the Vuelta I think the stage he won the Puebla de Sanabria um I mean we're not talking a a massive climb for some reason I thought that was a bit of an uphill drag um that stage two in Tour de la Provence two nights ago to Manosque with which Ballerini won I think Philipson would have been right there because he's not that big a guy so I think he's got yeah I think Benji you're right he he wants to be like a traditional cobbler but I don't see, I don't see him as that, and um, I, I think, yeah, I think he's missed missed something here. I think Trenton is on the wane and is not as good. And I know he's coming. We how is he to know that Philipson? But 
Uh, maybe he's thinking Philip Trenton's going to get the role of the sort of reduced bunch sprinter um, in, in UAE, so in a grand tour. So, And I'm not going to get any support. But, yeah, I just think there are more opportunities at UAE if we're looking in a year, in two, three years. But, anyway, that's a lot of time on Jasper Philipson, but I think it's um, – I'll be really interested to, interested to see the races he goes to and and how it plays out, Benji. But yeah, do you think he's winning a Grand Tour stage this year? Yes, I think so. They are riding all three Grand Tours. They're going to have opportunities for all their sprinting leaders in each Grand Tour. I think I'm not sure which Grand Tour he's going to, but I hope that Alpecin send them to the Tour de France. Um, we know that Van der Poel is focusing on the Tour de France, which is pretty much a bit of a a meh. Because, well, if you want to have, well, we're talking like Alpecin stuff right now, but if you have Van der Poel at the Tour de France, then he's likely going to end up in a, a bit of a battle for green at some point because, well, he's that kind of rider that can do that. And if that is the case, then you can't be sprinting with Philipson because you're basically taking points away from the riders who's going for green for your team. So it's a bit of a difficult decision and it depends on what Van der Poel's goals are because they're paying Van der Poel the most and his will will be what they do. And um, perhaps okay. they should send him to the, the Giro then, but then Merlier ends up with the same situation. Yeah, it's not an easy situation in total, I think. All right, we'll save that for the Alperson preview, which yes. we might be doing, probably will be doing, because there's been so much demand for it. The transfers in. Juan Ayuso, Spanish young rider, he's, he's 18, like as of, as of recording. I think they signed him when he was 17 or something. They signed him on a... I think a four-year deal, Benji. We're getting football-style transfers now. Uh, yes. Spanish rider, he won um, in 2020. He won junior road race NITT in Spain. He did okay in the Europeans. Conti uh, Championships in the road race NITT for the juniors. Won uh, one-day race in Spain. And, yeah, looks like a decent time trialist, decent results. Four-year deal, long-term project for UAE, I think. Or maybe he'll be ready at Grand Tour level in, in a year. Who knows? Ryan Gibbons has come over from NTT. He's a South African. He is uh, going to be a lead-out man, I think. Pretty much his role. Matteo Trentin from CCC, who've sort of folded. I don't know, Benji. I mean, before the season, I would have said that's a fantastic signing. I've seen him now in two races that really don't matter too much, Provence and Marseillaise, but Marseillaise was bad with a Trenton. He's 31, um, getting beaten by Perpentre, Buda, Cocard, Galvan, Livins, and Wellens in that sprint. What do you think? You think I'm just made, like over reacting to that poor result and how he looked in that race too or do you think Trenton's going to be really good for UAE this year and for the next uh, next year as well I think he's going to be really good for their cobble squad I think he's going to be pretty poor outside of that I believe that Trenton has always kind of been an overrated sprinter and we saw that in the Tour de France as well he was their main sprinter for CCC ends up with two top tens so if you got two top tens and the field that was there that is literally being beaten by Gasper Pedersen, which is a lead out at some point. And um yeah, it's it's not it's not too amazing, isn't it? Like I think the real focus of Trenton should be that cobble squad. And I do not believe that Trenton is in the capabilities of 
doing well enough to either get stage wins at the Tour in a mass sprint or get green because he doesn't get close enough in the mass sprints he rides. I think that his 2020 season was perhaps worse in sprinting than his 2019 season. But all in all, I'm not overly impressed by sprinting in total. And I think it, yeah, I think he should focus on the cobble race. I think he's good at those. He got flooded Kent Wevelham, if I recall correctly. He can get close results in these races. Milano San Remo, he can get over the hills and such. So um, I believe that Trenton can win a lot, but not the stuff they use them for at CCC. Well, I think they're going to use him, and his biggest value is going to be at the Tour controlling things and yeah in working for Bagacha to be honest and on light medium mountain days I think he can, can be quite helpful in the first half of the stage actually uh for Bagacha. Thing is yeah I would agree but apparently he's not even selected for the Tour de France right now he's only going to the Vuelta according to his schedule. Oh really? So um that surprised me when I saw it unless I was by that he always does not show well correctly. I agree. He's done six, six Tour de France, and he's been pretty solid as recently as 2019 in them, and he was climbing well in 2019 in the Tour. Anyway, maybe maybe that's right. Maybe maybe they haven't picked their full Tour de France squad yet. Another name they've picked who surely Benji is going to the Tour, Raphael Micah, again, another 30, 31-year-old rider. He has to be on a Richie Port deal and Richie Port uh, role, surely, for UAE. Benji, no more GC. He's got to be mountain trained for Bagatia, right? Yeah, I think so as well. Um, he is the kind of rider, though, that you can send to two Grand Tours in a row and use for stage wins in the first one and try and put him in the Pogachar train in the other one. I um, believe Micah has always been the kind of rider that has been on the edge between GC and stage wins in Grand Tours. I think he should have stayed on the stage win side. He could have won so much more by now. And I think he isn't really the rider that can achieve a a proper top five position in a Grand Tour anymore. Has he ever done that? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, uh, I he think hasn't that Benji. he hasn't yeah. won a race since 2017. Yeah, because they put, didn't put him in the role that he can win that know. race. Well, it's either so he goes to a Grand Tour. I never know. I never know whether it's the rider saying, I want to do this or... Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird, right? Like he, he's one of his first two professional wins with Tour de France stage wins in 2014. Yeah. And then he, he's gone winless when, you know, he should be kind of in his peak and he's still capable of doing good watts. Um, but yeah, I think maybe he isn't Benji. Maybe he isn't like looking at Burgos and Polonia and, Terreno stages and Lombardia, maybe he's just not that good anymore as well. So maybe he won't be a crazy good mountain signing for Pagacha. I think he will be quite good because I think he they're going to use him in a different role where they were like, listen, you can chill, you can chill today. You don't have to spend all day freaking out about getting the three-kilometer you know, banner. You'd be more relaxed than when you're a GC leader, but... On stage 13, we're going to need you to do 10 minutes absolutely full. So just make sure you're ready to do that. And I think that fits more with a stage hunting style rider um, who's going to be less consistent but capable of a big effort. But we'll see how useful he is for UAE. I haven't really, don't remember him in a big 
domestic role, at least in the last four or five years. Um, but certainly a good signing for the Gatchers train. Nonetheless, the last big signing, we've already spoken about it quite a lot, Mark Hirschi into UAE. It's obviously a good signing. <laughs> like, we think he's a really good rider. Um, <laughs> but how do you think they're going to use Hirschi, Benji? What do you think their plan is for him? Do you think they were just like, really, really talented rider, he's 22 years old, we'll figure it out later? Or do you think they had a, a plan in mind for how they were going to use him? I think it comes down to what we're going to be discussing in a bit, what kind of race he's going to be riding. He's obviously going to start with the Ardennes and will be their leader there. That's my expectation, at least. It will be very surprising if he's not. Um, he's likely going to ride the Tour de France for the team, unless something magical happens. I would hope that he gets at least an opportunity in one one-week race to be GC leader in that one-week race, just as a, as a, as a test, just try it out. And then be supportive of Pogacar in the Tour de France, but also get his opportunities of trying to take stage wins. That includes the first few stages with those with Britannia finishes. And I think one of the stages before that, I think the first stage at least, has a pretty punchy finish as well, or the second one. Don't know it from the top of my head yet, but I think he is an opportunist for yellow very early on before the time trial and then lose it on the time trial because that is, I think, one of his relative weaknesses compared to some of the riders he'll be competing with for that yellow jersey in the first week. Um, Pogacar is leader the moment that the TTs and the climb start in the Tour de France. And perhaps here and there he gets another opportunity on a bit of a transitioning stage. But I would, yeah, I think he's going to have a bit of a a Kwiatkowski transformation in Grand Tours, kind of where he's going to have less opportunities because, well, quite simply, there's a bigger goal at hand for the team. Yeah, I'm not sure we're going to see him in breakaways going for the win uh, next year or this year rather, but what a man to put up the road, Benji, as a satellite rider. Imagine yep. like if you're Ineos or Jumbo Visma and you see Hershey trying to get into a break in a mountain stage, you should be worried and chase that down because he could say, they could say, oh, he's going for the stage win, but... What a man to, if Pogaccio attacks across to uh, to work on the descents on the flats together, that would be really, really nasty. So that's the tactic I think they could definitely use him for in the Tour. Uh, but he's going to have a lot of one-week, I think, opportunities, Tour de Swiss, and mm-hmm. I think he fits He fits absolutely perfectly with Pogaccio. Good question. Yes. Because she is one of the riders... Well, he was the rider at the Tour de France that whenever he attacked, he entered Puppy Paul's position, descending, he entered Super Tuck. Uh, yeah. Do you think that those bands are going to influence him a lot? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I think he definitely seemed very comfortable in it and he got Super Aero in the Puppy Paul's position, so in the Mock TT position. So it won't help. Definitely won't help him. I don't think he seemed to use that all the time for like minutes yeah. on end on the flat in breakaways so that is one so when there's less break people winning in breaks solo breakaways and that's really exciting um so there's less of that then i think that could be a result of that real change but uh, yeah with in the ardennes and one day races magic next to pagacha Pagacha's not he's, he's not got as good a sprint obviously as well for art and alaphilippe so I think he's someone that but he's very strong, very, very consistent, always there as an option in almost any race he lines up at 12th at Milano San Remo last year, 
Tadej Pogacar that I think he needs another foil to be able to win or for the team to win. So, for example, World Championships road race, that Pogacar attack was super strong, trying to work, trying to bait the other teams to chase. So Roglic could sit in. I'm just imagining now Strade, Hirschi and Pogacar working together. If Pogacar goes there, Amstel too. Uh, you know, you can have Pogacar attacking first on Kalberg yep. or wherever. Um, you can have in flesh Pogacar leading out Hirschi. Liège similarly. I think it, in Lombardia too, uh, Pogacar probably won't go, won't go there. But yeah, do you think they work together well in the Ardennes and complement each other, Benji? Because I think it's going to mean more wins for the two of them combined than if they were each on different teams. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, I think that Pogacar is indeed the rider you would send up earlier because he or she can finish it off. Well, we, we're saying that. We're saying that he or she can finish it off better, but we've seen Pogacar win sprints in groups as well, beating he or she in some occasions. So, yeah, it's a bit of a... I find it difficult. I think that the main difference is on on very punchy and very accelerative climbs that he or she can take the upper hand, like Flesh Wallon, Straight up leader is here, she there, all out. While Pogachar could do a, an early attack on that race, even though it likely won't really matter. And I'm not sure he's going to be riding it because I'd say he fits best just doing LBL, honestly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. In LBL, that's where the real decision has to be made because what do you do? You've got Hirschi perhaps trying to launch an attack on that last hill and, and Pogachar holding on or Pogachar going early in Hirschi uh holding on i don't know like i don't know what the best strategy would be because quite simply i think they can both do both in that race i'm not sure um i i think he or she's definitely got a better sprint than pagacha though like i think he just bungled he <laughs> that first two to france stage he came second to robert he just butchered the sprint uh, by, by jumping to from a standing start at 225 but let's get into their team's Picking their cobbled squad first for Omloop, Paris-Roubaix, Kenton-Vabelhem, Tour of Flanders, etc. I think Alexander Kristoff, the most underrated man in cycling, he's still there. He's still winning races, still winning big Grand Tour stages, and I think still capable of winning World Tour-level cobbled stages. He's got to be on the team sheet uh, in those races. But who else is another option to be winning cobbled races, Benji? You say Trentin. As well, anyone else? What about Michael Bjerg? Can he step up? Should he be in the team? Um, anyone else? How do you see their team for for the cobbles? I've honestly got probably four or five riders selected for the cobble races. I start off with yeah, Christoph, uh, Trenton as well. Bistrim is usually in those races as well as support. It's pretty decent at those, and I think we saw that in that. Uh, Belgian classic, um, Rilax de Pone, the one with the huge echelons, where the Koenig Quickstep ended up winning it in the end. Abishram held on quite long and ended 11th there as well in a pretty selective group, so very strong performance in those kind of races. And uh, a youngster that's coming up, Alessandro Kovi. He is one I'm very much looking forward to seeing getting better and better. He was top 20, if I recall correctly, on the Heeratsbergen stage, uh, 19th in the Bing Bang Tour. He's also pretty good at hilly terrain with a flat ending. When it becomes way too much hills, that's when it gets troublesome. Like Emilia, Piemonte, those get difficult. But an Apennino who's average in that and Sabatini as well, there he can survive. 
And Tritico Lombardo was a, perhaps a bit too hilly as well for him, but still a 15th position. So, like, he can do it. And he's the kind of rider that can be in between of the cobble race and the hill races. And I think you would dare to send him to both, to be honest. I would dare to send him to Amstel as well and so forth. And additionally to those, perhaps Bieri as well. But, yeah, go ahead. I think the Oliveira brothers will probably be there as domestiques. They're 24, but I'm not sure they're that good. To be honest, um, Marco Marcato, 37 years old, he'll be there as domestique as well. He's done 10 editions of the Tour of Flanders, uh, 7 Roubaix, so he is, the experience is there with Marcato. He's still riding at an okay level. Uh, I mean, Vicard Stoker-Langen, never pronounced his name correctly, um, but he's not. he's done 4 Roubaix, 3, oh, sorry, 3 Roubaix, 4 Flanders, very mm-hmm. tall rider. Um, but he's, it's kind of weird how his career's gone as well, actually. But anyway, he'll probably be at those races as well. Not the strongest cobbled squad. Uh, maybe Gibbons and Gaviria for like the very, for the flatter ones. But I mean, Klaska Almeria tonight in terms of one day races, not a cobbled race. You'll see Gaviria is a hot favorite there. But yeah, I think they're a team who's never going to be never going to be a favourite for any of the cobbled classics, or even have a, a top three in the betting for any of the cobbled classics. But it, I'm not going to be surprised if Christoph goes and wins one, or they win one because they're generally a pretty pretty professional outfit. Now the Ardennes, speaking of <laughs> top three, top three in the betting, Mark Hirschi, Tari Pagacha, Rui Costa, uh, Rubashenko. Bjerg as well, maybe. Valerio Conti, Trenton, maybe. Uh, anyone else I'm missing, Benji? McNulty? Are they gonna is McNulty any good at one day races? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Like Kosta, Micah, Hirschi, um, Pogacar, I've got the same list as you do, to be honest. And yeah. I think that there's only one man that they're riding for on on flesh, that's Hirschi. And on the others that are having more climbs before the final climb and are more situated on the longer kind of battle instead of just one climb, then Pogacar is going to play in as a, a second leader. And I think that's the strategies they're going to be using. And like, I'd like to dive into Sanremo after after this, Ardennes, by the way, just to be sure, because I do want to talk about Sanremo a bit as well. But when it comes to Ardennes, yeah, Hirschi and Pogacar, Hirschi for Fleshdo. Why can't Diego Ulissi do well at any of the Ardennes races, Benji? Isn't he, like, injured? That's one of the reasons. No, I mean, but, like, throughout um, his whole career. Yeah, it's a bit difficult because, like, he seems to be good. And then when it comes to the very long stage, he's, he starts to get tackled in the final section when it goes above 200k. But then I do remember that stage in the Giro this year where he ended up doing well on a pretty long stage so yeah i don't know i th- I really think that it's something to do with the 200k mark because if i look at it right now it wasn't the 200k plus stage that he did well at so i think that's the trouble for him above 200k so milano san remo is slightly different to the ardennes and the cobbled races they got christoph previous winner of the race when luca paolini led him out Back in the day, they've got obviously one of the best punchers in the world for the Poggio, Hirschi, if he went to San Remo. Pagaccia, 12th last year. 
built an underrated kick, as Benji says. How do you think they they ride San Remo tactically, Benji? Do they have Davide Formolo launch it on the base of the Poggio to set up Hirschi to attack on on the Poggio with Pagacha or somebody? Do they send Pagacha early on the Gipressa? Do they, you know, and then they can, if they get into a reduced group, they can wait and sit on if Christoph's in the bunch behind. Like they've got a lot of options, but how do you think they should play it? Well, quite simply, Alaphilippe's going to attack on the Poggio, and if you are in that group, you're going to follow with Hirschi, or you're going to set up that attack yourself, like you mentioned with Formolo. And then you've got Christoph and Trenton in that group to try and hold on, and Trenton is always able to hold on with that second group. Christoph is a bit of a 50-50 on that one. But I'd definitely do it exactly like that. Hit a she for the attack, and then the other two as potential sprinters when it comes down to the bottom of the pod if they are closing into the group that attacked. But then there becomes a problem, because who are you going to go for? Kristoff or Trenton? If they're still in good condition after the pod show, I'd go for Kristoff, but I think a lot of people are going to say Trenton. No, oh, you have to go for Kristoff. He's way better sprinter. Oh, I agree. Uh, <laughs> All right, we'll see if people disagree with us in the comments. Now to the Grand Tours, Giro d'Italia. I hope I hope they're not going to send him, but I think they might be. Brandon McNulty, a Tour de France suits him so much more. Don't you think, yeah. Benji? He's not that I, good on the steeper climbs. He's good at like the Tour de France style climbs and TT. He's about six foot, six foot one. He's not super light. He's like, you know, 67, 69 kilos. I just think the Tour de France parkour is designed exactly for McNulty. So why are they sending him to the Giro, Benji, according to PCS? Well, first of all, I do think that the Giro is still a pretty good terrain to send them to. We don't know the parkour yet, but on paper, it's going to be the similar amount of climbs. Well, the similar kind of climbs, not amount of climbs. As the Tour de France, it's going to be more climbs, but they are going to be on a similar difficulty level, not the steepest stuff. But the problem is, I recall that Zonkolan was being rumored on that. So that's, again, a pretty steep one. So that would counter my own words here. So um, why do they not send him to the Tour de France? Well, there's one reason only. Bogachar is their leader. And while McNulty might be good with the time trial and stuff, what's the point of a time trial if you are destined to be domestique on that race anyway? So I think that's the problem. I think he wants opportunity, and that's why he's going to the Giro, or being set in the Giro to test that opportunity. And I think they have riders that are more destined to be the domestiques for the team that are going to fall under Pogacar and the Tour de France. And I think that's the sole reason that they have him at the Giro instead of the Tour de France, because I personally would have had him at the Tour de France as well when it comes to his rider type. I think he's going to get smoked on the climbs in the Giro by Bernard Lander Buchmann. He's going to struggle there. I'm not sure there'll be enough TTKs to really be contesting the podium. It's going to be a much bigger, deep, deeper Giro field than the one he competed in last year. And I think going as a second GC option, even if it's a fake option for UAE in the Tour de France, from their perspective, I think is just a better option. It's always better. Yeah. Look at Ineos. Look at who won in 2018. Wasn't their first favorite. It wasn't their, their their leader according to the media going in. Same in 2019. Same in the Giro in 2020 with Gegenhardt. 
The more options, yep. the better, because crashes happen, shit happens. Riders have bad days. Riders, maybe your your main leader needs a really strong guy to sacrifice himself um, up the road. Like, think about Dumoulin. If he was actually on magic form, would the Tour de France 2020 have been different? Probably. So I think McNulty at the Tour would have been good. But, um, and would have even, even if they had to have the hard conversation with him and say, hey, Brandon, uh, we pay yeah, you a lot of money. I agree. We pay you a lot of money and um, you're not going to ride for your own GC this year. Sorry, but you're going to ride tempo for the gacha if he's in yellow at the Tour. And then that's the conversation you need to have. What about Gaviria is surely going to the, the Giro Benji? Yes. Um, because they won't have, he needs a train. They don't have the space in the Tour de France team for a train. He's going to the Giro. That's fine. Uh, Davide Formolo, he's an interesting one. I think he's a guy who'd be winning multiple Giro stages. Apparently, he's doing both. So, is he going for his own GC at Giro, or what do you think? What, what you think he's going for GC to help McNulty, a bit of both, go for stages? And the same applies for Valerio Conti. I think Formolo is in a similar situation than Mike is when he goes to GC. He's just not good enough, and he doesn't have a good time trial, or at least good enough time trial. To compete with the better riders on GC. Obviously, most of the GC riders at the Giro don't exactly have the biggest time trial. That's why they were going to the Giro in the first place. But I do still believe that. I trust Bernal more in time trial in Formula. And if I focus solely on the kind of stages, then I would put him in that race as a breakaway specialist. He can win multiple stages like he did in the Dauphiné. And yeah. I would send them as a breakaway specialist, but I'm afraid he won't be that at the very moment. Um, McNulty is likely going to be less great for the breakaways, so I would have him as GC rider then, personally. But you, like you mentioned, like the trains for Gaviria are likely going to be Molano with Ishenze. You've got Rui Oliveira. I think he's one of the two Oliveira brothers that I do consider actually being good. He's actually a pretty good leadout, genuinely. And he was very strong in the Volta and one of the leadouts for Philipson. And I, I truly believe that he can be worth a lot for the team in the future when it comes to a leadout. Then the final rider on the team, Conti, perhaps. He seems like a rider that does not fit in the Tour de France team, but could also go for breakaway stage in the Giro, personally. Uh, I think I think Conti, I mean, yeah, he's, he's going to the Giro. I think he's okay in the Tour, but he's just not, they got plenty of guys in the mountain train now, and he's not as good as those other options. Diego Ulissi, unfortunately, has been unwell, so I don't think he'll be at the Giro. Otherwise, he obviously would have been going. He wins the stage just about every year. Um, so I think they're going to be committed to the Gavidia sprint train, and McNulty is going to largely be looking after himself for the most part, unless he can convince um, Formolo to work <laughs> hard for him. I don't think so. <laughs> well, maybe he will. I mean, I think probably a fine teammate, but yeah, he's not going to have too much support. Now, Tour de France team, Mikael Bjerg, I think has to go as the engine. And I think he's going to be maybe even taking Trentin's spot, Benji, as a selfless worker. And I think Bjerg can do a better job than Trentin. So I'm, I'm picking Bjerg, yeah. Formolo, David de la Cruz, Pagacha, Jan Polonc. Is it, is it Polonc or Polonce? 
I think it's Palance because it, oh. Palance is French. People always correct it, but it doesn't have like the little thing below the C. So anyway, Jan, Jan Palance. Um, who else am I missing? Micah and Christoph. Surely they take Christoph again just to be yeah. like, he <laughs> has a lottery in the sprint. Yeah, he, he, he's probably, A, he doesn't need any help there, and B, Yep. He'd be all right on the flat and if there's a windy day with Pagaccia, right? Yeah, I've got exactly the the same team settled on my list here. I had Pogacar here, Shimai Kabierg, Christoph Polans, <laughs> and uh <laughs> and the La Cruz and also uh also Thingy Formolo. Um what do I think about the team? It's it's a bit difficult. There's a bunch of riders in there that I don't know how good they are when it comes to domestic role, like Micah. I think he can do it, domestic role, but I I wouldn't put my money on trusting it. I I would be much more confident. We're gonna go back to McNulty for this. To have McNulty in my train than Micah, because Bjerg McNulty feels like a golden duel. Bjerg on the flattest section, start of the climb. McNulty can is a kind of time trialist climber that can keep on smashing pedals on these all long. Steady gradient climbs. Oh, I would love to love to have that in my train if I was a GC rider. Micah, I don't know what to expect, really. I think he might end up being a bit of a a B-Tech cuss role for Bogacar, if that makes any sense. Like, one of the longer riders that stays up front then is there in elite groups, but can try and help a bit. I don't know how much it will help. I think I agree. I think consistency is and reliability is much more important than being able to do seven watts per kilo for 10 minutes. Uh, unless, you know, that, that might be useful in very certain scenarios, but if your man is in yellow, you need reliability and you don't need them to be doing insane watts. In fact, control is about doing just a hard enough tempo that no one wants to attack. If they attack, you are strong enough to bridge across and then you bring down the tempo again. Uh, see Jumbo Visma last year. See Ineos in the Monteguale stage. They rode not high watts per kilo, but they were all there as a threat. And I agree. I think McNulty, he's, I don't think he's a guy that can do the super high watts per kilo that you, he's going to need if they got Zonkelin and the Giro with Bernal. But I think he can repeat 6 for 15, 6.2 for 15, 6.2 for 15 in these sort of 6-kilometer long 6% stages that frequent the Tour de France. And he's also good on the flat. So that's why I think McNulty would have been a really good pick for the train. I think he or she, I don't know, like have we? what will he or she be like riding uh, in a train? Probably pretty good, but... I think David de la Cruz is someone who's underrated, whereas Micah is going to be the one that everyone's hyping. But de la Cruz on his day can actually yep. be really, really good. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty, it's a strong team. I, I'm not sure how I feel about it entirely. Um, I think, I think the Ineos team is still much stronger as overall. Obviously, they don't have a rider as well rounded and dominant as Pagacha, but Port. Sivakov's not going, but uh, Port, Carapaz, Thomas, uh, Gagan, Hart. I think that 
they're just riders I don't expect to completely collapse uh, for no reason. Like Thomas had to crash, etc. So especially Port. And uh, I remember when Walt Poles was at Sky as well, just reliability is important. Um, but yeah, their Tour de France squad, Pagatch is going to be, I think, should be the favorite for the Tour. And um, we'll see how he goes yep. in his tune up races. Vuelta, apparently, Pagatch is doing the Vuelta back to back, like Roglic has done Tour Vuelta combo. Benji, do you think if you're a top five or top seven GC guy, your team should be making you do two Grand Tours at a minimum every year. Yep, I think so. And it has to be in a specific order. I think the most important Grand Tour needs to be the first one, personally, because I think it's under... Yeah, I think it's harder to ride a Grand Tour if you've already got one in your legs. I um, I do know that some riders prefer more race days before they get to their Tour de France or before they get to their Vuelta or something. So perhaps riding a Giro would help. But I think if you're above that quality and if you have ridden multiple Grand Tours before, if you, for example, are Pogacar and you rode your Vuelta the first year you do a Grand Tour, then it's still believable that in the second year you only do one Grand Tour. But if you are consistently good in those Grand Tours at the top level, from your third year onwards, I'd send you to two Grand Tours. Giro Vuelta double perhaps as the the easiest double because there's more time in between to rest and to prepare for the next one. While I think the uh, Tour Vuelta one is the second one that people would select because the Tour de France would be your biggest goal and the Vuelta would be a bit of a, a free-for-all afterwards. See what, where, where it goes. See if we can even go for stage wins if you've got a good Tour de France on the table. Um, stuff like that. And then the third option, the last option that people would desire is the most difficult one in Manus opinion is the Giro Tour double. Because if you do the Giro Tour, then you spend so much effort in the Giro and it's very close to the Tour de France, closer than the Tour de France to the Vuelta, if I recall correctly. So you'd likely go to the Tour de France with less energy than your competitors. And I would expect that to be the hardest one of them all. And I think... Froome tried it once. I don't think he succeeded. He got second. It was 2018. Yes, he got second in them. So shows that it's very difficult. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think, why also Pogacar, yeah. Go ahead. I, I think, yeah, because the Tour de France is the focus. If you've got a top, top GC guy, yeah, as you said, you don't want to dull the blade before the Tour de France starts by doing the Giro. Uh, unless it really, unless the Giro parkour really suits them and the Tour de France less so like Egan Bernal. Um, so that's why the Tour Welter double is more uh, common because like, oh, you had a shit tour or, oh, you want to do the Welter? Sure, go. What, you know, you're just going to be yeah. delaying your off-season a little bit. Um, so that, I still think, though, Tour Welter double, I'm not sure. I, I, Benji, I don't understand why more riders don't do the Welter. Maybe we're seeing it a bit yeah. more now where we're going to see Roglic and Pagacha and co. We saw them... In 19, saw Roglic again in 20. Like, yeah, I just, I would be focused. If I was a team, I would focus on the Vuelta hardcore because I feel like if you actually were the team that planned for it, you could get some some wins there where you might, then you're just not capable of them in the Giro of the Tour. Now, maybe there's a reason for that and that no one watches the Vuelta, so the sponsors don't care. But anyway, Vuelta team for UAE, Agach is going. Uh, I don't think he or she's going. I think he's going to do Lombardia. 
Uh, Gaviria, I think, well, I mean, this is where Philipson would come in handy, but I don't know if Gaviria is going to do the Giro Vuelta double. Um, he's done it once before, or whether he's going to go to Guangxi. I probably sent him there in China, if that's even on. Um, I don't know. Juan Ayuso, he's Spanish, he's young. He, so he's obviously, the, the law is he must go to the Vuelta. Um, who's another sprinter they can send, Benji, that, like, Christoph? Trenton Gibbons, but yeah. I find Gibbons overrated. And yeah. I don't think Trenton is as good as a sprinter as people are expecting. But when it comes to hilly sprints, he does come into play. So for the Vuelta, that does fit. But the last time he joined the Vuelta, he only got away with, like, three top tens and I think only one top five of those. So it wasn't really up to what people were expecting from a Trenton anyway. I don't think you really need to go there then, like with a goal of a sprinter, perhaps, perhaps like a Gibbons just to try it out. But I think if you've got Pogacar as leader there as well, you might as well hammer it on and put a lot of climbers in there, perhaps give opportunities towards youngsters. Ayuso was a bit too early, I think. He's 18 years no, old. I don't think you can ride your... He's going. Is he going? Well, I don't know. I just, I'm just i saying he's going. I don't think so. I don't just think he's going to go to a Grand Tour this year. I think it's next year <laughs> um, that he's going to get his Volta. Benji, um, 18 is the new 25. I'm telling you. That's true. <laughs> I'd send Ryabushenko. We haven't mentioned him so far. He's young. Yeah, he hasn't he... had an opportunity. Goldie as well, young. like... Rybyshenko is not a prospect anymore. He's in his last year of his deal. <laughs> really? He, he's 25. He's in his last year of his, of his deal. He's got to he's got to perform this year. I know he did a good, yeah. he did some good lead out work for Philipson last year in the Vuelta. Um, I think he he really it was either he, I think it was Rybyshenko or Kovi who who launched Philipson on that early attack against Bennett that just nearly worked. Uh yeah, he disappointed me in the Vuelta last year, honestly, Benji. I had him pegged for a lot of stages, which yep. should have suited him based on his sort of Memorial Pantani results, etc., and just struggled at World Tour level. Um, but anyway, we'll see. I, I think it's a big year for Rubashenko. He needs to show something if he wants to stay at one of the top, top teams like uh, UAE. I think Formolo might go to the, the Vuelta as well, Benji, but maybe in a freer role uh, than at the Tour de France or actually no, is he doing the Giro as well and the and the Tour? Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be a bit rough for him. So he probably won't go. He's gone the Vuelta before and gone for G C I think. Maybe they send Micah and Micah's allowed to go for stages. I don't know. Um but if Pagacha like, wants to train, he'll get it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but like one of the climbers in the team that has not performed in twenty twenty really and is one of the riders I think UE is most disappointed of is perhaps Dombrowski, because like two years ago, he got a top 12 or something at the Giro, something like that, 2018. That's three years ago almost. Oof, time's flying. No, 2019. Yeah, 2019, 12th in the in the Giro d'Italia. So he was one of the climbers that people were expecting a lot of in, in the US. And it came out for a tiny bit at EF, but the moment he hit UAE, it just stopped. So I don't know what's going on there. He had a good role in... GC versus trying to go for stage wins, he could do both, and now he really can't anymore. So he's one of the riders I'd put in the Vuelta to see where he can land, but if he doesn't perform just like 2020, then he's not worth that place. I think McNulty, again, sort of 
just like I said about top GC guys doing two grand tours, I think McNulty, if he's not if he's not got anything else on his on his plate, if he doesn't want to go back anywhere. I uh, I think he should be doing the Vuelta just for more experience in a Grand Tour. I think it'll only help him as well as I'm hoping, and I think this might happen, that hopefully Ulysses is well by then and they send Diego Ulysses to the Vuelta. Um, it would be interesting to see how he goes there. He's done the yep. Vuelta once before. Um, I can't remember when, in 2013, so eight years ago, but... I think he. It'd be interesting to see how he goes at the Vuelta. Shorter stages generally. It's. Uh, I think some stages should suit him, and he'd probably be a top three yep. guy for a few of those stages. But that's the UAE teams for the various races. Let us know either by Twitter or in the comments below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you disagree with any of our team selections, are we missing out on anyone? Um, I think the most reliable rider for. Pogacar this year is going to be his Slovenian compatriot, Jan Palance, by far. I've seen that in the past. He's always there when he needs to be. He gets the most out of himself. Um, and I think there's a few riders on this team, Benji, who really going to need to step up. We mentioned, well, I mentioned Rybashenko, Trentin. I mean, he's got a two-year deal, but he's not looking great so far. Uh, Valerio Conti, is he, you know, he, this is his contract year for him as well. Is he doing enough to deserve that top spot when they want to be a top team. Um, you can't just win one, one, one race. You need to be also delivering in the mountains as well. Um, there's a few riders out of contract, especially a lot of those domestiques, De La Cruz, Formolo, the Oliveira brothers uh, for the lead-outs, Conti, Dombrowski, Sven-Erik Bystrom, Marcato, and Christoph, as well as Richese. So maybe they're going to get a new lead-out train next year. Maybe they'll re-sign them. But, yeah, I think I think it'd be a few people worried this year that they might not get renewed unless they uh, perform in a big way. What about Andres yeah, but, Camillo? Oh, sorry, Benji, go on. Yeah, I was just about to talk about him, actually. I think they, they <laughs> kind of made a mistake having him on a long deal. Like, he won the Giro U23 in 2019. We know that. Yep. Now... The problem is, like, he hasn't really performed since then. 17 Ventura Columbia last year. He basically DNF'd 90% of his races since that race. And he, he also yeah, didn't get the easiest parkour. Like, it's not, this is not the program you signed this guy up for, I think. You got to send him to one week stage races and stuff. That's how I see Andres Camillard doing well. And he's getting sent to. Liège, Boston, Liège, Flesh, just to fill the team. Grand Piemonte, Copa Sabatini. Like, I don't think he's getting the program he needs to do what he can do. But I also think he's totally underperforming. So, no, yeah. He's, he's no good. I mean, he's what, uh, 55 kegs, 5 foot 6, Mont Ventoux, 9 Ks, 9.5% last night. He's come 37th on the stage behind Stefano Aldani, who we thought was the sprinter. And he's a sprinter sort of guy um, <laughs> who did a good time, admittedly, but that's not good enough um, for the type yep. of rider he is. Like, I don't expect a rider to do well every stage of every race, but when the stage, when everything should suit them, easy stage, except for the hard mountaintop finish, this guy's legit the same size as Ivan Sosa. Coming 37th is not good enough. Now, maybe... He was working for someone, uh, but I don't, I don't think so because UAE kind of sent a 
um, a different team. They sent a the team with Trent. No, he, he wasn't working for anyone. So, yeah, and Conti and Conti didn't have a great time anyway. But again, why would he? He was probably just chilling. So that's one that I disagree that they made a mistake giving him the long term deal, Benji. Like, do you think they made a mistake giving Ayuso the long term deal because he might be bad? On paper, You're he, right. you know, like you have to, I, I, I think you have to sign him up to four years. I think that's better than the two-year deal. They end up being really good and then they leave for 500K plus. Um, yeah, but this I is UAE, so worse. it's a different situation. Yeah. Like if UAE signs up someone for a two-year deal, then they can offer the money to extend yeah, while true. other teams might not. So I think that's a special situation that UAE is in that they could afford to try with shorter deals but you're right it's a bit in hindsight that i'm i'm discussing that he might not be worth it but yeah he might still turn it around we don't know let's hope so but i think the problem for him is really that the one race he did good at last year was will probably not be ridden this year if it was already cancelled i don't know like yeah that brings us really to our to our above under thingy that you like doing because i think i've got an opinion on that i'd like to share so Go ahead. Give me a number. 25. Okay. I think I'm going to go with under. And the reason I think that is because there are so many races that are being cancelled early season that they got a lot of wins from last season. San Juan, likely yep. Colombia, Valenciana, Columbia. all those races. Um, so what am I expecting from them? Grand Tour stage wins with Pogachar, Tour and Vuelta stage wins um winning one of those two grand tours likely the tour de france is what i have on my mind right now um stage wins in other grand tours perhaps one in the giro as well perhaps two in the giro depends on whether gavidia can improve depends on what the field is in the giro when it comes to those races depends on what they send for stage wins and then i think if you look at small races yeah pogacar is going to raise at least one one week race or two or three even like for example a Dauphiné uh, like a Paris and in those he could win another stage or two um, the other riders on their team certainly some opportunists that can get into breakaways and can get more stage wins yeah I, I think it's going to be very close but I think it's going to be like 23-24 at the end of the season yeah I th- I'm going slightly under as well I think Gaviria might underperform and then Ulysses a bit is unwell. Trentin, I'm not gonna. I don't think he's gonna put many wins on paper. I think Christoph might get a big win, but not many. Pagatra, I don't think will win as many races as last year. So, I think I'm. I don't think we've hyped up Formolo enough for Strade, Liège, Flesh. I think that team is stacked. You know, Formolo here, she Pagatra, but are they gonna clean sweep them? Are they gonna win? you know, constantly during the Ardennes? I don't think so. I think they'll be consistently top three, top five, but winning is hard. And especially when you've got Van der Poel, Juan Van Aert and Philippe always competing for the top step. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going slightly under. What about hot takes, Benji, um, for, for you now? I think Mark Hirschi wins one race in 2021. Ooh, whoa, whoa. No more. No more than one. Holy crap. <laughs> Didn't see even, this one going. Could even be zero. 
I think Mar Hikirshi is going to <laughs> win both Flesh and LBL. <laughs> nah, come on. Yeah, I, I truly believe that. Um, I believe he's going to win those two. Benji, he's Amsterdam. not able to do homework anymore. He only was good because he did homework, all right? Now he's not doing <laughs> homework. He's on a million euro a year. He, well, he's not allowed to drink because he's in UAE. And he flies to the races. Then, like, there's all this alcohol available. And then, you know, he's not focused. So it all goes yeah. to his head. He's left DSM. And um, without need, he's not going to know the parkour anymore without the homework. So he can't win. I think here she is going to win Flash, LBL, and the Olympic Road Race. <laughs> well, the Olympic Road Race doesn't count as a professional race, uh, technically. <laughs> so I'm actually, that doesn't, okay. if, you, if you listen to my hot take. But um, yeah, I think, I think me and you have a, a pretty violent disagreement on his season coming up. Yep. Uh, I think it might be a return to reality. Um, what are you, what are your hot takes then? Because that, that doesn't really count as a hot take. Bogachar is going to win the double. Ooh. Okay. I believe. I mean, um, yeah. I also believe. Like, I believe. Got to keep in mind, Pogacar is like the the one rider I've I've had hot takes on in the past, and every single time I had it, it worked. Like in in the Vuelta two years ago. I said before the Vuelta, he's going to win these three stages, and he ended up winning all those three stages. How I did it, no clue. Probably was joking, but it ended up being true. With the Tour de France, it was nothing different, and I think that's the one rider I can say, yeah, I truly believe that he can win double. He can win the Tour and the Vuelta, which is not an easy double. I uh, I believe he's capable of doing so. I believe the Vuelta parkour off obviously fits him as well, those, those very steep peaks and such. Yeah, it's lovely. Mm, I think that Kovi is going to top five a couple classic. Don't know which one. I think he's going to step up and do better than people are expecting. I'm only afraid that he's going to fall into a domestique role way too much because he can achieve more than Trenton in some of the races, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I think here she might even be close to a top three in Milano San Remo. He could win it, but there's so much competition there that I wouldn't be able to call that yet. Hmm. Gavidia, I don't. I think Gavidia is going to win one race this season. Yeah, I, I think I. Well, I mean, we'll be behind the eight ball <laughs> if we turn off our laptops and we go and turn on the TV and he, he crosses Almeria first. <laughs> um, Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Maybe I can edit it. I have time to edit it out uh, before we publish it. But yeah, I don't think Gavidia is going to have a great season either. Uh, I think Pagach is going to win Milano San Remo. So there's Oof. there's my hot take. I think the, I think Pagach is legit like goat rider. Like he is so good at everything. Um, he he's just so good. <laughs> I think he's one. People are like, oh, he's obviously like the best GC rider yep. overall. I think, but um, he's crazy good one day rider too. I've uh, I've so. seen a, I've seen footage of him ride on on Carrefour de Larbre and he can actually ride cobbles. Yeah. Pretty he's damn a, well, so I'm looking forward to see that happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if he went to Paris-Roubaix, I'd probably expect him somehow to come like 12th or 10th. He's just <laughs> yeah. so consistent, so good. Um, RGV yeah, top that, five? Yep. Well, yeah. It's no. a bit high, I know. But it won't happen this year, of course. He's not riding it. But I'm, I, I truly believe that, like, out of all the riders in the world, he's one of the two, three riders that I see winning all five monuments. 
Yeah, it's just the problem is he can't focus on them. Gilbert's not like, one of them. Like Alaphilippe and Gilbert, have been, you know, or well, yeah. Van Aert could sure. could because he's got a bigger fish to fry. Benji, yeah. the Tour de France is bigger than uh, Flanders. I'm sorry to say. All right, that's been our UAT members. <laughs> preview for 2021. I've just offended Benji, and uh, we're going to go and watch the last <laughs> stage of Tour de la Provence and Almeria now. Hope you've all had a good weekend. Uh, you'll be listening to this on Monday. We'll see you later. Ciao. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 